Good morning, America. This is Mark Dunnigan with The Daily Answer, and I'm happy you're with us. Well, I'm going to call this episode The Prepper, and it's not an article against prepping. Neither is it one all gung-ho for it. Over the years, I've dabbled in, you might say, my share of prepping. Years ago, I was driving across the Markham Bridge in Portland, one of the many bridges there, and creeping along in slow traffic that is typically true in a town that doesn't want to invest anymore in roads and infrastructure. And it would take you, you know, a couple hours just to get across town. But here I am on the top deck of this bridge, the Willamette River underneath me, kind of nervous, kind of nervous sitting there on the deck and you can feel the bridge move a little bit, you know. And usually my mind starts to wonder and go to worst case scenarios. What if an earthquake strikes right now and this thing collapses? That's a long drop. And do I roll my window up or down before I hit the water? So on one of those many occasions, because often I would find myself stuck in traffic on top of the Markham Bridge, I started thinking that if the big one did hit Portland, which they're always talking about the big one, the big earthquake that's going to decimate Portland, I would most likely be stranded on the east side of the river. And in that moment, I realized that I had absolutely no food or water in my truck. So I proceeded to put together a bug out bag. I had already purchased sometime earlier a good military style backpack that I used to this day. And now is my backpack for my laptop from Andy and Bax, a military surplus store, and proceeded to fill it with, well, bottled water and energy bars and one of those life straws that would enable you to drink out of a mud puddle, a good knife some rope, matches, a compass, one of those tinfoil blankets, and a few other items. And just ask Bob's story. Over the years, often after Wednesday night services, I might join the stories and the myths at the local Wendy's and pick their brains about, okay, if you're going to put together a bug out bag, what do you put in it? Or if you're going to, you know, stock your, you know, little place that you got in your house for, you know, the apocalypse, what do you have? So there was a summer that my wife and I were hitting various garage sales and estate sales. And we encountered a home in which a prepper lived. Three quarters of the garage was filled from four to ceiling with white five gallon containers filled with emergency meals and freeze dried this and freeze dried that. The type of food you can order from Cheaper Than Dirt or Sportsman's Guide. Then we went inside. Oh, there was more. Room after room of five-gallon buckets, freeze-dried green beans and freeze-dried mashed potatoes and, and you name it. The family room, same containers. Whoever this person was, whether a man, woman, or couple, They were fully prepared for the apocalypse, as far as food-wise. In fact, their stockpile, I was kind of looking at it and trying to do some calculations. I'm not that great at math, but I don't know. They might have had 10 years of food. Yet in their careful planning, and they had planned, 
the person forgot one important piece of information. While they had tubs of food that would last for, mm, I don't know, 20 years, 30 years, and thus have plenty to eat, never starve. The only problem was they died before they needed any of it. You see, this was a estate sale. That typically means someone has died. The estate was still there. All the five-gallon buckets of freeze-dried food were still there and good. They were in good condition. Not the person or persons who owned it. Just the other day, I saw a man in Bymart. That, that would be a store on the West Coast like in Oregon. Kind of a, a very unique store. Not a whole lot of these around anymore. One of those stores that you could get small little appliances like an iron and kitchen stuff has a pharmacy. You could get certain food items, some hardware, and also firearms and ammo at Bymart. Our Japanese exchange students called it the Bymart. And often at Bymart, you will find back there in sporting goods, men stocking up on ammo. And I have no problem with that. But are you going to be, a, are you going to be around to use that ammo? Someone might say, I have enough supplies to last me a year. Good. I like to be prepared. But are you going to last the year? So the real question is not how long will my food last? But a far more important question, how long am I going to last? Heads up to everyone. Believe it or not, every day around the world, people die all the time. Yeah, that still happens. Even though they have full pantries and plenty of toilet paper in the garage. And paper towels. So maybe of being so concerned with the expiration date on the Miracle Whip in the fridge need to be far more aware of how fragile I am. The writer of Psalm 90, I think, realizes this. Psalm 90, verse 12. Teach us to number our days and realize how fragile we are. James notes that we are all like a vapor, which is kind of like a little bit of smoke, like steam, that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. Here in Florida, in the, in the winter, we've had uh, some foggy mornings and you would get, you know, kind of this mist coming off the water. But once the sun comes up, that's gone and it has a short shelf life. Teach us to number our days. In fact, in the book of James, a point is made that here are people and they're Christians making all sorts of plans. Um, making plans about the future. I'm going to go into this city. I'm going to stay there a year. I'm, I'm going to conduct business. And, and they're rebuked for that, not, not for making plans and not for being industrious. They're rebuked because they're making all those plans without factoring in the fact that they might not be there and that their hand, their life is in the hands of God. And so they're, corrected and say, you know, I think you need to say, if the Lord wills. Yeah, you're making all these plans, but you may not be around. You need to be humble. And you might, not, and it, there's a stress there in verse 14. You might not even be here tomorrow. 
we're not talking a year from now or six months from now. We're talking you might not be here tomorrow. And God considers the idea like, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I got all my plans laid out. And next year I'm going to, without a consideration of, am I going to be here? Considers that presumption. So be careful about saying things like, well, I can't, I can't wait until this year is over. Be careful also about complaining that uh, this has been such a rotten year or a bummer of a year. Don't wish your life away like that. Today might be the only day you have. This might be the only year you have, the week you have, the month you have. So seize the day. One of the odd thing, one of the thing to me that's odd about a, could we say a current crisis? For example, during COVID, and I still see a few people like this, during COVID, so many people got focused on that virus and dying from that virus that they completely forgot about all the other death options that are that are still in business and it's not just covid but sometimes we can get so focused on world war three nuclear warfare war in the ukraine china and taiwan or example or all sorts of other things we can get so focused on a particular scenario that we forget that all the death options, all the other ways that we could die, all the other bad things that could happen are still on the table and they're still thriving. You know, when a virus like COVID hits, death does not take a vacation from all the other options to merely focus on that one. Death does not say, excuse me, I am so overbooked killing people with this that I can't focus on anything else. Right now, this is the only thing I can kill people with. I just don't have time for anything else. Got too much on my plate. I can still just as easy die in a car accident, slipping in the bathtub, a sneaker wave at the beach, a heart attack, choking on a piece of meat, a blood clot, or a million other things. Along those lines, the family story that was passed down on my dad's side, when it comes to why his dad died at, the, uh, at a relatively early age, is that he died so young because he swallowed a baby rattle when a child. And those consequences eventually caught up to him. Now, for some strange reason, my primary care physician refused to put that as the cause of death when he was going over my family history. So I guess I'm in no danger of dying because I swallowed a baby rattle. At least I guess I can forget about that one and cross that off the list. But everything else is still on the table. Well, Again, it's good to prepare. But I think First Thessalonians chapter 5 would say, you know, be, before you stock your pantry and load up on 
ammo or whatever you load up on towels toilet paper and you know what i'm i you know it for so long toilet paper no one wanted to date toilet paper or paper towels or bleach no one wanted to date bleach and so i guess one of the things that a covid that kind of made me feel better is that these products that had been wallflowers in our culture no one no one ever wanted to ask toilet paper to the dance or the prom or paper towels or the gallon of bleach you know no one gave them a phone call they were always left at home on a friday night all of a sudden everybody wanted to date them that made me feel good it made me feel that these underappreciated products had their 15 minutes of fame in the sun but i think the bible would tell us that you know first of all you can you can be in a house with a garage full of paper towels and toilet paper and still die <laughs> and still still fall in the bathtub or something like that and choke on something the important thing is that are you right with god have you made yourself right with god the Bible says in Mark 16, 16, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. And beyond that, are you currently living the Christian life? Are you repenting of your sins? Are you making sure that your life is clean? And are you taking the Bible seriously and following what God says concerning how he wants to be worshipped and how he wants you to live? This is Mark Dunnigan for The Daily Answer. Until next time, we will see you in the funny meetings.